Hello and welcome to Willosophy with Will Anderson podcast, Mike here, just at the top doing an intro for this week's episode with the fantastic Amy Shark. This is such a great episode and uh, I hope you really enjoy it. Amy Shark obviously is one of the biggest artists in Australia right now and her sophomore album, Cry Forever, came out on April 30th. It is out now wherever you listen to your music uh, from the day that this episode is out. It includes the singles Everybody Rise, Come On featuring Travis Barker, Love Songs Ain't For Us featuring Keith Urban, All The Lies About Me, Baby Steps, and the national tour for Cry Forever will run through June and July. This one was recorded a few weeks ago and Amy talks all about kind of her explosion into stardom from uh, going from working a pretty standard uh, job to becoming one of the biggest artists in Australia. She talks about her songwriting process, her approach to her second album, and a lot of other areas of her life and how they've kind of unfolded over the past few years. If you want to support Willosophy, head to patreon.com slash Willosophy. If we can hit a consistent $5,000 a month, you will get not one, but two episodes of Willosophy every week, one original guest episode and one catch-up episode. And Will is currently touring his Willegal show. His next shows are in Wagga Wagga, the Civic Theatre on the 12th and 13th of June. Go and get tickets to that, civictheatre.com.au if you want to grab tickets to that. Follow us on Instagram, WillosophyPod, Twitter, WillosophyPod, and uh, feel free to get in touch anytime there. But for now, I think we should go right into the episode of Willosophy with Amy Shark. Enjoy this one. Welcome to Philosophy with Will Anderson. I'm Will Anderson from the title of the podcast, and this is how the show starts. I ask the guests who they are. So, who are you? I'm Amy Shark. Hello, and Amy I'm... Shark. It's a, it's a nice, it's a nice, easy question to start. Yeah, sorry, Amy's looking at me very like... suspiciously. Like, hang on, what, what else am I meant to be doing here? I didn't know if I needed to go into like I'm a Taurus and I like walks on the beach. Uh... Is that what you would have gone with? I'm always interested in what people say next. So obviously, everybody goes with their name. That's that's traditionally what people say when I ask who they are. But then it's in our nature as human beings to then add something to that, a descriptor of sorts, and so often. Often the way that people describe themselves is directly through what they do for a living. Um, is it what you would have said or would you have gone with Taurus and Walks on the Beach? Um, it depends. I mean, I do a lot of um, music podcasts, obviously, but yours is a little different. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's... I, I really wanted to do this one because it's um, because it's not all always you know a music sort of um, promotion and stuff like that. So maybe I would have just said Taurus <laughs> walks on the beach, um, but I am a musician, and you're right. A lot of the time, that's what people just do, isn't it? Like when they ask who who are you, it's like oh I'm a musician, you know, <laughs> write alternative sort of pop songs, and I don't know. I'm so used to say it's almost like a just a habit almost what do you think about that idea in general the idea of us identifying who we are with what we do 
Yeah, it's, I guess that's the safest thing to do because no one wants to come out and say, um, hi, I'm Amy, I'm a really kind, decent human being um, and you're really going to love this. You're really going to love this experience with me today at lunch. You know what I mean? Like I think that they'd get up and walk away. <laughs> Wait till you get to know me. You're going to love me. <laughs> It'd be sometimes better if people led so honestly, though, I think. If you just said, like, uh, g'day, I'm Will. I can seem a little bit hard work at the start, <laughs> but if you stick with me, I really feel like it's going to be rewarding and loyal friendship. Yeah, yeah. I think we're both going to gain a lot if you just hang in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Don't, hi, I'm Will. Don't be put off by the first two or three times you meet me. <laughs> I'm going to let you down one way or another, but I will we'll rebuild from there and we'll be stronger for it. Yeah. I know. Yeah, hi, just because I don't get back to your texts doesn't mean I'm not thinking about you. <laughs> oh, God. There's so many things I wish I'd started off saying that um, exact line. <laughs> so tell me this then. I, I am interested in you, the human being. I mean, you, the musician, is something that I'm sure that we will explore. But you, the human being, because uh, who is Amy Shark, who is the musician, versus Amy when she's not being Amy Shark? Um, I guess they're kind of really similar people. Interesting. Um, because I kind of have th- that sort of um, whatever edginess I have in my personality kind of shines through the music and um, vice versa, I guess, um, in sort of, I guess, storytelling um, in general. But I um, I don't know. It's such a weird – like I'm – who am I? <laughs> I'm – I, I guess I'm a very relaxed human being. Um, pretty passionate about certain things in my life. I'm kind of an all-in type of person. Well, wow, there's, uh, there's some good stuff to start with there I, that I would love to unpack a little. So relaxed, but also all in seems to me like, you know, there's a little like you're a Pixies song or a Nirvana song there. It's like quite, quite, quite loud, loud, loud. Yeah. It's all or nothing a little. But um, what is it that you are so passionate about? What is it that you are willing to go all in on? We understand music. Of course, that's one of the things that you're passionate about and go all in on. But give us a little insight into, you know, another example of something that you're passionate about and go all in on um i think i think like love and friendships and when i i guess when i find the right people that i want to be in my life and there's not i'm i've never really been that person to have like i've been through stages in my life where i've had heaps of friends but i've really only ever had like one best friend or two max um you know, I've had boyfriends, but I haven't had heaps that I've loved, you know, like I'm when I find people, I'm like, usually I'm all in. And, um, you know, I, I think like with me, I, I, I'm passionate about like, um, I feel like I'm forever giving people <laughs> this sounds so bad we're going straight into a therapy session here but like like more like I ask so many questions and I get to know so and I, I make that my um not my problem but I, I like if someone's in my life I'm like oh so uh, do you have brothers or sisters oh what's their names and I always make it a point to remember that ask about them but then it's like lately I've been thinking like not too many people do that. I mean, they, when I get interviewed, maybe, but no, no one really does that anymore. And I'm always getting told by people close to me, like, you give too much too soon. Like, 
and you're exhausted because you just care. Like, and I do, I care so much about, you know, certain people and it's, it's kind of exhausting sometimes, you know? I, I think one of the things that is interesting is how much we expect others to reciprocate what we give. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Are you a person that if you're like, well, if I'm giving this, it does bother me that other people aren't giving me this in return? Well, I definitely went through that. And then I've had to really um, step back because otherwise you just line yourself up to get super hurt and mm-hmm. let down. So over the last like couple of years, um, I've really um, just put a lot of effort into not letting it get to me. Like, and, and, and there's certain people that, yeah, I, I'm like, yeah, I, I feel like I deserve more from those people. And then there's, then there's like a handful that I'm like, I was caring too much. It doesn't matter. It's not... Mm. You know what I mean? Like pick your battles. That's the biggest that I think I've said that more times in the last three years than anything. Pick your battles because you just can't win them all. You'll be exhausted if you fight them all. And if you get let down by all of them, oh, my God, it's just like going to be a really shitty life. So, yeah, I've, I've learned the people that I want to that I want to work at and like, hey, I want to work on you because, you know, like I believe we've got something here. Uh, be good if you could like give me something. But then there's people that's like, it's okay. If you don't want to be in my life, it's fine. Or if you don't want to know about my life, it's fine. Uh, pick your battles is a pretty good life philosophy. I ask people on this show whether they have any particular life philosophies. Do you have philosophies towards, you know, your life, your love, your work, your music, any of those things? Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I'm not such a, I'm like not a real deep. I, I am a deep person, but I'm, I don't spend much time like thinking what my beliefs are, which I really should, because once you do, I guess it, it really kind of clears your head. But And I guess the more I think about it right now, um, picky battles is a very big one. Um, <laughs> but also... Um, there, it's I don't know. It's definitely not from Moulin Rouge. But when I watched Moulin Rouge, <laughs> <laughs> like when I was in high school, I remember, and I remembered it for years. The one of the characters, Toulouse, goes, "The greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return." And I loved that. For the second I heard, it. I, I was like, "Wow, that." That actually is the most important thing in life, I think, is to be able to do that and to also receive it. And um, But then also uh, recently I, I listened to, I've been listening to a lot of Nina Simone and there's a line, um, you've got to learn to leave the table if love's not being served. So, And that hit me too. I was like, wow, that's beautiful. Um, I don't know if they're philosophies, but they're there's something. <laughs> I mean, for the sake of this podcast, they count as philosophies. I'm, I'm sure at university, if you're studying philosophy, it's, then, yeah. <laughs> but you know, look, it's really just a pun on my name. Let's be honest. It's a loose premise like to have a conversation working. with people, but it, it gets me into what is important to people. And what I'm hearing a lot from you is the idea of love, the idea of bonds and the, then the reciprocation or otherwise of those love and bonds. And I think this is a very human response. In fact, it's probably the most human response. It's funny. Uh, my partner also named Amy is, um, uh, you know, Amazing. Hey, what's your middle name, Amy, oh, if you don't mind me asking? Is that public that. knowledge? It's Louise. What is it? It's oh, she's an Amy Lou as well. Yeah, see, there you no go. No way. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God, that's wild. Mm. 
And her last name is Dolphin, which is weird. Ah. So out of no- <laughs> Okay, I'm going to call it that. <laughs> <laughs> Up until that point, that was a true story. Yeah. But uh, we've been watching of late, you know, particularly in the pandemic when, uh, you know, you get to the point of going, we've got to get into some new TV show, hopefully one that has 12 or 15 series that we can really like get through. So our series of choice has been RuPaul's Drag Race. And uh, we'd never watched it before, but we've, we've become quite fascinated by it. and RuPaul always says at the end of every episode her like kind of you know saying is that if you can't love yourself how are you going to love someone else and I think that it is incredibly caught up in who we are as human beings is this idea of the love that we have to give to other people the love that we can receive from other people and the hardest one of all giving receiving that love from ourselves to ourselves so how do you go with that are you a good self-lover and I mean that in the above the board sort of way Um, yeah, it's funny. I mean, I guess for Australians, like, we're all very self-deprecating. Well, not all of us, but we can be very self-deprecating. And the whole self-love thing is such a new movement, I think, um, because it was kind of embarrassing. Hey, for a while, it was like, oh, I don't, no, yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I suck at everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's so not healthy, but um, you just never wanted to come across like – you you know you were up yourself or or anything like that you know that was such a everyone was so scared of that so um yeah i think i'm i think i'm a lot more sort of balanced now um i definitely went through some stages uh when i was you know becoming amy shark i guess when after you know i had all these years i guess that i'd let music go and i didn't know that this was in my in this written in the stars for me I kind of gave up on a lot of it so I did battle a few things imposter syndrome um just being thrown into the music industry and doing these big things and a lot of pressure and a lot of nerves and live shows and late night shows and um yeah so I guess I had to really um step up and do some self-love talk I had to do some self-love just with my just with my energy and um everything like I needed to change because it was just not healthy and I could see that I wasn't like mentally healthy or just physically healthy either um so I'm getting yeah a lot better at the whole self-love um sort of talk well, in, in some ways, your career has had a little sense of what you were talking about before, you know, a little all or nothing, hasn't it? I mean, there was a period of time where, you know, it didn't happen in the way that you, you know, hoped and imagined it was going to happen. And then, obviously, it's gone the complete opposite way, which is this incredible success that you've, you know, you, you've had. So, talk to me about which of those two things... I mean, I assume it's the current one, but which of those two things sits more comfortably with you? When you were, you know, struggling with music, as in like playing music that you liked, but, you know, struggling to get a foothold in the industry, did that feel more comfortable or does this feel more comfortable? Being out on huge stages, playing huge shows, playing in front of thousands of people, which of those actually just feels more naturally or which of those is harder to deal with, I guess is what I'm asking. It's funny, Will, because if, if I could, like, cherry-pick things from each life, that would be great. <laughs> um, like, I never asked to be a role model, <laughs> like, to, like type thing, <laughs> but I love writing music and I love um, people hearing it for once, you know. I love not having to, um, to worry about 
people never hearing my songs. I love playing to more people than just the five people at the TAB or wherever I used to play. You know what I mean? Like, they're the things I love. Um, but I miss... I miss a lot. Of, I miss the simplicity of my of my old life um, to just disappear <laughs> and and just talk about things that aren't so big. And it's not like they're they're big to everyone, but um, my life is it's in, I mean it's interesting to, to a lot of people. And you just you talk about it so much. So there's there's times where I wish I could just like not talk about it. Um, but yeah, what's the question that you never want to be asked again? What's the one that if we, if we had a magic wand and we could erase it from every other interview that you're going to do for the rest of your life? What's the one question you never want anyone to ask you again? Okay, here it is. This is it. I never want people to. I never want people to come up to me ever again and go, "Wow, is it crazy?" <laughs> What a dumb! Everyone says that to me, Will. Like people from like home and high school, or whoever. Like because I've been on this bit of a trajectory from def- from my you know nine to five pedestrian life, which wasn't all that bad to be honest. Um, but yeah, people just kind of going, "Whoa!" Like not even a question. It's like, do you have anything you want to ask? Like any specific? I would want to ask me heaps of shit. Like I got heaps of stuff I'd want to ask someone like me. But they're just. It's like. I don't know if it's just then they don't know what to ask or it's too much or they're not that as interested as I think. I, I don't know. It's just like, wow, is this is it crazy? <laughs> I don't know where to, yeah, know which to do bit? with that. Tell, tell me exactly <laughs> yeah, what you're is. talking about and I can run you through it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There must have been a moment. I guess this is a more specific question that you know, probably explores the same theme. There must be a moment that you can probably identify where you're like, oh, my life has substantially changed forever. Do you remember that moment? Yeah, I think it was, I think it was just like quitting my job, you know, because mm. like I'd worked since, you know, forever. And, and then it was really bizarre to me. To, to know that I'm waking up today and I'm just going to write music. It's like, really? <laughs> this has got to be a stitch up. Like when, And I guess that's why I went a little cuckoos because it's like, this is too good to be true. This, this Someone is going to take this away from me. Like, this is, I, like, you know, it's just an absolute dream. It, it's like I've got friends that love surfing, diehard surfers. They're always calling in sick to just go surfing or they're just cancelling stuff because to go surfing. Imagine them being told that you're now signed and you get paid to do this. Well, that's what it felt like to me. I was like, I can't believe this. Like in the days that I'm not writing music, I'm talking about it or I'm um, traveling to get to the next place to play my songs where people will actually be to listen. I think that was a you know a really big moment for me does it change your relationship so so it certainly changes your capacity to pursue your art you know you suddenly have um the time and you have you know probably circumstances set up around you you know people looking after you everybody you know it's in everybody's best interest that you are able to pursue your art you know this is now you know amy shark incorporated and that's a brilliant thing because it means that you can concentrate on what you do but does going from it being your passion and your hobby to it being your job change the art or the way that you connect with your music 
Uh, there's definitely things I think about that I wish I didn't know. Like I wish I didn't know certain algorithms. I wish I didn't know cutoff times that people skip songs before choruses. Oh. I wish I didn't know oh, yes. so much, Will. <laughs> I just want to delete it all from my brain because I'm also competitive. <laughs> so in that in that um, part of me. Um, you, that's in my mind whether I like it or not is like yeah I could write this song exactly how I want to do it um, or I could alter it and have more success with it and it's like you can't any artist that acts like that's not in a little bit a small percentage of that in their brain is kidding themselves because what's the point in trying to be an artist and, and write songs if you're okay with no one ever hearing them <laughs> you know what I mean it's like we all want that even if you don't care about fame or money or and that's definitely not something I ever cared about I just wanted people to listen to me and hear the songs that I put, poured my heart and soul into um but yeah there's like oh god there's so many so many things I'm I miss just having that free mind but I'm pretty good like I, I haven't hit the stage yet where I feel like it's work probably because I'm so busy like I've been so busy that when I actually do have days um and tonight's kind of one of them actually it's really exciting I'm just gonna stay home and write new new songs um I, I don't find those moments a lot so when I do it's actually like oh yes it kind of reminds me of when I'd go to work nine to five and then I'd go and you know I'd play sport or I'd go to the gym or not or I'd have a dinner with some friends so I was kind of busy as well and then when I'd have a night to write music I was excited about it so it, this kind of reminds me of my old life I guess like pointing out those nights that I can do that do you have a favorite part of the process is there you know whether it be the writing of the music the performing of the music you know, is there one part of it that appeals to you more than others or does that shift depending on where you are in your life and how much you've done of one of the others is there one part of it that is the most perfect to you of the whole songwriting process of the whole process oh, I love it when it clicks I, I love it when I find a chord progression that I think sounds pretty and also like unique like something different that I haven't heard everybody do to death and then if I can match that with a melody that you know makes me feel something or um and then when the words are something that I've obviously had in my subconscious that come out in you know it, it's it's pretty incredible I think that's why it's so um addictive to so many people is because like I I never set out to go oh, I'm gonna write a song about this I just let it happen and um I've been lucky um I say lucky but I hate that word really because I've I've really worked hard at songwriting so I think the more you do it the better strike rate you're gonna have um with hitting those sort of little um lightning bolt moments so I just make sure that I'm always kind of in the game to to get a lightning bolt <laughs> and um I like the whole process really I mean if I I think where I become more like the most alive ever is when I have a demo that is strong just acoustic and I get to go in a studio with a producer I'm like I'm in my element man I'm like I could not be happier it's like I, I know how good this song's gonna be and once I get all these things put in the right place like it's just gonna be amazing have you ever had something that you thought was amazing and you've played it to everybody else and everybody else is just like, I don't know, Amy? I'm pretty lucky. I didn't really have much of an audience for like 10 years. So they all, all the shit songs fell on deaf ears anyway. 
<laughs> but man, I knew it when I hit a good one because because um, <laughs> I had a bunch of ears on it. And then I, and then it was cool because I just like I knew what to do. I was like, oh, okay, this. I sort of. I mean, I had a couple of little songs that got played on like Triple J and um, not added or anything. Just 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 one play, and that was all I needed to, I guess, keep going. Um, and really work on you know structure and and just lyrics and uh, you know just just work on the whole. I knew I was on the right path, um, but yeah. And then you know yeah. So I didn't <laughs> I didn't have that weird. I mean, Shane, my partner, he you know he he's been my biggest um, critic, I guess, through over the years. Um, and I still put really shitty songs out. And I, I guess once I gained momentum. Um, my my team at the time, my manager at the time, had the great job of quickly getting all the shit songs off <laughs> offline. <laughs> so we did it. We did it really quickly. <laughs> yeah, that's the equivalent of when a comedian erases the first few years of their Twitter profile, just going. There's probably oh some God. dodgy jokes in there that I don't oh, want do surfacing I feel for again. Comedians. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what a time. Okay, so you, you talked about the idea that you didn't plan to be a role model, which I think is is very interesting. Like that you brought that up because obviously it comes with the territory, doesn't it? Or at least people, other people perceive that it comes with the territory. So talk to me a little bit about what you meant when you said you didn't plan to be a role model. Yeah, well, I mean, it's people just, I guess once you get some sort of, um, you know, once my songs ended up crossing over to like commercial radio where a lot of people hear them, you get you know younger fans and you never know that you never ask for that to happen um and I guess like there's been things that I used to be able to say that were I guess kind of alternative and um even just swearing like I'm not perfect I'd let the odd swear word out even at shows like I'm like paranoid now because my last show like a couple of mums were like oh she swore a few times and my daughter was there and she, this is supposed to be a role model it's like am I <laughs> you bought a ticket to an Amy Shark show you didn't yeah. buy a ticket to a role model show like right. this is like you know welcome to my world this is gonna get pretty deep um and as much but then you know I it's a fine line because I love I love giving advice to people who I think I can you know I, I have something to offer if I you know can help them in their songwriting or, or where they're heading um, career wise or if, if I feel like I can help I love doing that um, wherever I can so I guess that's I've, I've definitely adopted some of the role model parts do you have go-to pieces of advice i like i you know obviously most humans always have a few in their grab bag of these are my pieces of advice these are the things Mm. lessons that i've learned in my life that i feel like i can pass on to other people what are your go-to's when it comes to advice well i mean with with music especially it's um it's usually just i mean you could say it with anything actually just do do it because you love it like that's probably the main I say that just a thousand times a week to people like just do it because you love it and do it for free um because it's you'll come unstuck like it's too hard the life is too hard to fake it and um I think there was a time that you could get away with doing just faking it and, and wanting it because you want heaps of money or you want everyone to know you or you want you know a million followers or whatever they're they're a big part of why a lot of people want to do things um 
And that's the world we're living in, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think I just remind people, like, you know, you'll you'll come unstuck if you if you don't do this because you absolutely love doing it, no matter what it is. Um, yeah, no matter what you love doing, just yeah, just make sure you and be honest with yourself as well. Like, are you any good? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it, I definitely went through some stages. I'm like, look, maybe I'm not getting anywhere because I'm not any good, but. There was something that kept me going. And, and the thing is, even if I wasn't, Will, I'd still, I still did it. I, I couldn't not write songs. I loved it. I'd pick up the guitar every second I could and just and just write songs any second that I actually could. Even in my phone at work, like if I thought of a cool couple of lines, I'd always be singing it or I'd write it down and I'd wake up in the middle of the night and write lyrics. I was just so obsessed with it. And I knew that it was coming from a real genuine place of love and passion for that exact for that thing not for anything else i just hope people find that for themselves do you have a favorite line you've ever written is there a favorite lyric is there one in particular that you know stands out as being like okay this is this is absolutely me you know in a line in a song (laughs) oh god um oh god you're really testing me now like i i oh I guess because so many of my songs mean so much to me. Um, I guess one of the first ones that I wrote that never really, um, I never really properly released. It was called Golden Fleece. And um, and I had, I had a line in it that was like a chorus, but it never really sounded like a chorus, but it was um, I only want you because I can't have you. And um, I only want you because I can't have you and you only came tonight to test me. And I thought, that was one of the lines that I wrote that um, I ended up winning like a Queensland music award and my whole attitude changed after that night because I really needed to win something. I needed someone to give me a sign to keep going. And, um, and yeah, I just, I had a few people comment on, on that song and I won for that song and that's always kind of stuck with me. Do you have a favorite song? Not of yours. Now I'm, I'm talking about, I mean, is there a song that has the effect that some of your songs have on other people? Is there a song by another artist that, you know, has that effect on you? Yep. Uh, there's, um, I mean, Back to Black gets me every time. Every time I hear Back to Black from Amy Winehouse, you go back to her and I go back to Black. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's pretty deep. <laughs> um and it just uh, a lot of her songs actually tears dry on on their own is is pretty magical i get really like if i'm feeling a bit down if i put that on i just walk with an extra bit of spring in my step and um there's been i mean like i love i i love the police uh i loved um like smashing pumpkins and anyone with a bit of melancholy sadness I guess that's I mean I was lucky because my parents had a really good library of music but I was always drawn to the to the sadder songs I guess uh, what and so I'm really interested in. I mean, and we're not going to talk about music for the whole thing, but of course, you know, it's it is, you know, I guess how you channel a lot of you know who you are as a person, at least in the public sphere. So, has there ever been something that you wrote in a song and then thought, no, this is too personal? I can't put it out to the world. Um, I guess there's been lines that I've edited slightly. 
um, because, yeah, they've probably just mm. been a little bit too too much um, of the story, and all my stories are, are about real life stories and real life characters. So I gotta, I really need to respect that. And some songs, um, some songs I got really excited about and forgot that it was about <laughs> real people, <laughs> and um, I put them out, and I I really felt crap because of it and um yeah i had to sort of do a bit of a um apology to her um after the first (laughs) after the first album um even though to me i'm moved on i'm Mm. good i'm just reminiscing on these times but who am i to think that everyone's moved on you know (laughs) and i i really um that's not what i who i wanted to be i just like you know that's just that it's just who i am like i just you know even with this album i'm kind of like i can't not i can't not tell my stories (laughs) you know and they're gonna they're gonna hit people hard but as long as they those like people that are in it know that i'm okay it's it's good i'm not angry and i'm not doing this it's just what this is just what it is but i've also got to be very careful that it's not an act like a total direct dig at anybody i don't Mm. never want to do that um, yeah, fuck you, Greg Nelson. That's my new single. Yeah, signal. you know, yeah, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? That's the type of writer I am and want to be, and I can't control it. Yeah, it also means that people are probably going to be a bit nicer around you now that they know that, you know, you might sing a song about them on Letterman or something, if they're, yeah. if they're mean. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's um, it. What is it that when you're not, you know, writing music and performing music that you're passionate about are you able to step away from you know like is there a point because obviously the last few years for you must have just been an incredible you know roller coaster of just all this like you know success and everything that that brings with it you know the travel the the money the attention the interest in your life like you said suddenly these little private stories become you know stories that the entire world is you know listening to and interpreting and all these sort of things have you had time to do things that aren't about music in your career yeah um i mean (laughs) not a lot but i um I i have this weird obsession with um like like uh video and like film and um since I was a kid I always would like make like home movies and like take my parents camera to like I I would film Christmas day and I would do all that and um like the last couple of years I've been like kind of going on this weird archiving and I like even my grand my um grandparents old footage from when they were like 10 pound palms and moved over here like all that old footage I've kind of made it my job to never let it sort of disintegrate like I've got all this gear now that I've been saving everything and and backing it up and um getting it on hard drives and and all I don't know I just I'm so scared of like losing memories and stuff so um yeah it's been a massive job and it still is a big job but um yeah, I'm kind of like archiving and saving a bunch of this vision from like my childhood and um, even just me playing at, you know, open night, open mic nights and band, like um, band comps and stuff. So one day it would be a pretty sick doco, but um, it's, it's been a lot like, um, but I love, I love watching like, you know, my, my, where my nan and that grew up and stuff. So it's, um, yeah, I make a lot of time for, for that. It's a bit nerdy, but... <laughs> no, I like it. That's a cool thing. So when did you first 
pick up a camera yourself. Do you remember that? Yeah, my parents bought one. Um, I was probably like, I want to say like maybe six or seven. Um, and because there's hardly, there's not that much of me. It's like, it's like my brother uh-huh. and um, there's little bits of me. I think my, my granddad had like a really old camera, like one of the really big, big boys back in the day. Um, and I guess, I don't know, I love movies. I love, I, I don't know. I just, um, I loved being behind the camera and, uh, you know, just teaching myself what looks cool and, um, and then... I love the you idea, know, by the way, of it's a, it, one of my. We were talking about song lyrics earlier, and uh, yeah, so you obviously know who Mick Thomas is, but um, from Weddings, Parties, Anything, and Mick Thomas oh, had yeah. this so, uh, this lyric from one of his songs, which was it's about this girl that he yeah it's, it's called for a short time. It's one of the, the best songs of all time. I highly recommend it to people. I talk, bang okay. on about it all the time. The lyrics are incredible, but one of the lyrics it's all about this this girl that he was in love with that you know it, it's this part and you know like it's about this time they spent together and whether it was enough time and all this sort of thing but there's this you know very poignant line in it about like you know everyone's in the picture but she's not in the picture because it was her that took the picture and he was staring straight at her and it just reminded me of that as you were saying it how a line in a song can paint an entire picture of Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's funny because I looked back on on Vision, and um, I saw um my partner like blow me a kiss in one of the weird parties we were at, and I was like, I never noticed that before. Is that to me, (laughs) or or is that to like, like? Yeah, it was. I just I was like, but hang on, was was I definitely filming? Was he doing that to some other girl? Like, like, you know, (laughs) trying to put it all together, but that's so similar. Um, uh, so yeah so what what would have been the fascination you say maybe a movie or a TV show something like that can you remember what it, it you know what you were into back then what fascinated you in a visual sense I was a film nerd like I loved Spielberg um, I loved like you know all the Jurassic Parks and ETs and and Jaws obviously that's where my name came from um so I would just I, I used to obsess over films and I used to want to act I did a lot of acting um, and then I kind of moved into more theater stuff I love theater um, so it was all just one big movement for me really and I and then um, once I I kind of like learned that you know on the camera you could make like your own movies by like you know filming one like there was no editing like I didn't have any software but I'd just like do it in the right sequence (laughs) and make these little and then we'd watch the tapes back and my friends and I would just love it like we would just watch ourselves and think we were hilarious (laughs) and then um and then I remember getting like my first kind of Mac and um teaching myself and then I took film and tv in high school and I and then the obsession just grew I just enjoyed it so much when was the first time that you were on stage? You talked about the idea of performing. Can you remember the first time that you stood on stage in front of people and performed? Yeah, I mean, it was like primary school. Um, I think we did um, Little Goat's Groff or something like that. Um, and then, I, but I think the first time that I really um, thought that I, I proper loved it, we did Vinegar Tom at school which was um, sort of about witches and stuff. And I had a really big monologue and um, ah, like it, I just got that rush. Same thing I get, I guess um, on stage that I get now is when the room's quiet and you, it's just you and that acoustic guitar, like it's so addictive. And I remember I had to do a bunch of different sort of 
characters and um and the Vinica Tong uh, one was really heavy like it was it was massive monologue and when I really crushed it it just it's such a great feeling when you really crush a monologue and people are just there like whoa like <laughs> you, you really just like wow I, I've got everyone right now I have everyone and this is working um and it's not like I'm a big attention I never was like look at me look at me but when you do something that moves people that's what I like is um learning a song or a monologue or a you know um yeah and then just really taking on the character and I love doing like accents and stuff and it was all just I just loved drama at school drama and theater was just a vibe so what were you like at school let's paint a little picture of what uh, you were were you uh, like uh, an academic kid were you a theater kid were you an all-rounder playing sports and stuff as well did you have a huge friendship group what did uh, like school look like for you I was I mean I would say just all create creative really um you know I I wasn't bad like I actually was pretty good at English um I hated maths I hated everything to do with maths I'm lucky I can even count the fingers on my on my hands like I don't even know how I get through life well I do my my partner does all yeah. the accounting um he actually you, is you an accountant, that. thank god yeah. um but yeah I I um I I guess I was like I don't want to sit here and say oh, I was really funny, but I um I think we all we I had a, such a funny friend group. We all just cracked up laughing all the time. Um, there was a stage where I guess boys were a big part, and um, then you change um, direction of what you care about again. Um, I definitely was led astray more than once through high school. Um, but all in all, was just like waited for like just lived for every second of drama class and was music was such a big part then even before I knew how to play guitar I was always on the hunt for for different songs and bringing them into film and tv or to whatever stage show we were doing that we needed to soundtrack I was always trying to find songs to like soundtrack things to and I wasn't even I was I really sucked at dancing but all my friends were pretty good dancers and they would always come to me and say oh can you do you find a cool song like to do our <laughs> our choreography to um so I was like everyone's DJ um and who was it that you were listening to like I mean a young as a young person who were you being influenced by like who were you excited by musically yeah, I, I definitely went through a massive punk phase where it was all like about, um, you know, Offspring and Blink. And then I guess I went through a bit of a gothic stage too um, where it was like Rod Zomb- Rob Zombie and Manson and Slipknot. And then I got I remember I got my first job and my manager um, of the store was super cool and she was into like the propeller heads and avalanches and faithless and she kind of opened my eyes to all these other genres and I just remember and even Amy Winehouse and I was like whoa I've just been consumed by really heavy kind of music and there's all this other shit <laughs> that I've been missing out on um so yeah I, I think that what I gained over the years has really helped me because it's just given me um knowledge of so many genres and i've you know i've never yeah i've never just been totally obsessed with with one i've had stages where i have been but i've really spread it out like rap and um just really alternative stuff punk dance you know 
Um, Amy, do you mind if I just pause for a second? I've just got to, um, uh, my dog's got just outside the door. I'm yeah, just gonna. sure. Just um, she's drugged today because we were meant to be oh. taking her to the vet to um, have her toenail. She's got an ingrown toenail, and um, oh. we drugged her like because she's really like she gets obsessive about it and she doesn't like the vet touching her foot. So we need to yeah. like kind of just yeah get her a bit more woozy before we take her. And then they cancelled her appointment, so she's oh. just so she's, she's just, <laughs> so she's, she's just out drugged. of it for no particular she's reason. Just, like wandering sounds, around, sounds like heaven. Not quite understanding why she's. <laughs> sounds like a good afternoon head. to me. <laughs> well, I think yeah, it's probably normally ruined by the fact that she then has to go to the vet. You know, like whereas like now she's just like yeah. high and walking around getting yeah, cuddles. Yeah, in comfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. It's like the best hour ever. Normally she's starving because you have to like yeah not feed them before they go in for a procedure. But she's been fed. She's like, she's absolutely. I'm going to call animal services and say that Will's drugging his animal for no apparent reason. Well, I mean it was for a proper reason, and then yeah, uh, the proper reason fell through. So she's going to get drugged again tomorrow. It's going to be two days in a row. She's wow. going to have a a really fun time. Do you have uh, any animals in your life? Can I ask you that question? Do you got any pets? Are you a pet person? I love dogs. Um, I grew up uh, with, I had three Rottweilers. They were like, as I was sort of growing up, um, there was, um, Nelson, Gus and Zeus and, um, they're all passed now. And then we got a little dog, a little like, um, Maltese, I guess, I think it was called Bam Bam and he got hit by a car. So (laughs) that was pretty, um, tragic Mm. and I haven't had one since I, I was pretty really hurt when we lost bam like because he was such a cute little like my my mom like treated him like it was her son <laughs> like you know <laughs> so um but yeah no i've just been too busy man like it's i i would love one but um i also see people with pets and i they're, they're a lot you know they're a lot and if you're not home a lot if you need to sort of jump you know to different things it's it's a just a big job how are you with the lifestyle of the job that you've chosen because you know you get into it because you like playing music uh, you know you like writing songs you like playing music you know i imagine a lot of your life is doing that you know locally to where you live originally and then suddenly you know your songs being played on radio all over australia your songs being playing all over the world and people in those places would like you to come and play your songs to them that suddenly means that you know you pack up a suitcase and you go on the road and maybe you're not home for a long time in a row how are you with that aspect of the job do you like you know the travel aspect of it or is it like something that you find difficult to be away from home no i love it Mm. i love it i was always the kid at school camp when everyone was crying saying goodbye to their parents i was like see ya ya. (laughs) bye (laughs) let me go and i wasn't even like you know when you could call home i'd be like no i'm good (laughs) Like I, um, I love, I love traveling and I love experiences and I love people. Like I just love, um, meeting people. I love talking to people like you. It's kind of like a dream job, really. Um, there's nothing I really hate about it. Like I speak to other artists who hate doing promo and, you know, they make it really difficult. And I, I get, I get that some people aren't people 
people. Is that right? People yeah. person? People people. Yeah. I'm not a yeah, people, 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 people people. Yeah. So I just am. I kind of like it. I kind of like being thrown into these weird situations where I get to gauge like if if someone's a nine ball or if there's like or if they're kind of cool or maybe there's someone I want to spend more time with or um yeah I love it there's different you know different walks of life everywhere and I've got to meet so many amazing people and definitely some nine balls as well do you have um, a favorite memory of something quirky like that I'll give you an example of what I mean I was in Chicago doing some shows and they have this like version of you know like Studio 10 or like you know yeah like the Today Show sort of thing and it was hosted by these two women who host this like you know local Chicago you know breakfast show and I remember going on to you know play the tour with these two women and they were getting drunk at 8 30 in the morning they were doing some sort of wine tasting i think promo but then during the ads they were like sculling the drinks and we are all having like the best time laughing our asses off and i'm just thinking what is going on i am drunk on tv in chicago at like 8 30 in the morning with these two complete stranger women but could not be having yeah, more fun than I am currently yeah. having right now. Um, is there something that comes to mind when you think, oh, oh I just never imagined I would be having this experience? I mean, yeah, there's so many different characters, like um, so many different characters. Like, I don't even know. There's so many like promoters around the mm. world that are just like, <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're there, like they're there and then you go to the next city and they're gone and there's someone else that like, and, the, and there's certain ones that sort of stick out to you. But um, I remember there was one time, this guy, Joe Riccatelli is quite big in the, in the music industry, but I didn't know like really. Um, and I just, he's such a big ball of fun and energy. And um, he did a day of promo with me and, and then it wasn't until um, I remember getting home and um, my label, he was like, I can't believe Joe Riccatelli did like a whole day, like promo with you. Like that was, that's He's like, he's a big dog. Man. And I was like, really? Like, and he just like was on the ground running with me, you know? Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, I guess, and there's situations that I get myself in that are just like, you know, pretty unbelievable when like, even just the people that I've met, I, I often think, did that happen? Like, did that, did, did we have actually have dinner with that person? Like, and we spoke about this and, and yeah, there's, I've been really lucky in that you know in that way with the things I've experienced yeah well we you speak about promoters and you know obviously in Australia at the moment we're going through a period of time where Melbourne in particular but I think all of Australia and you know we've seen all of the world has been remembering Michael Godinsky and the you know the influence and effect that he'd had on Australian music is there something that you would like to you know share about you know Michael uh, I just you know like Honestly, his name, since I don't know how young I was, just has just been around my life, you know, because I've always been so interested in music. And I guess over the last few weeks, just learning more and more about him, like I, like I, my publishing, they're, they're my publishing company is Mushroom. Um, and I definitely have some funny Michael stories like that. But but what I've realized is like so many people have we them. We all and do. Was, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody has like about five, yeah, even if exactly. you only met him once. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So, and I just think, wow, what like they really are once in a lifetime characters. People can... People can want what Michael had and what he built and they can really try to get there. But you, you'll, I don't know, there's only certain people with that spark and that, um, 
I don't know, that energy. It doesn't exist in too many people um, that can, you know, just have that presence. There's a, you know, there's a, it's a real skill. It's a, it really is. And I, I've met so many people that have that in them that you just like, wow, that you've just really lit, changed the whole mood of this room and, um, you know, ultimate vibe guy. So, yeah, I, 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 I have heaps of those people in my life and I'm, I'm lucky that, that I have them, but it's very, very sad that he's not here. It's way too early. Um, I wish I had more. I wish I got more stories before he passed. Um, we well, speaking of death. It's a question that I often ask on this show, but what do you think happens when we die? Do you have a sense of, you know, what do you think death is all about? Um, I think like I, t- I tell myself things just to make it a little uh, easier to comprehend because um, I think the fact of not seeing someone ever again is is really um, it just is so scary um, to think that I would always would rather go than have to deal with not seeing someone I loved every day or um, but I guess <laughs> I'm, I've never really been a really religious person. It's it's not been a massive part of my life. My my nan is my nan's very religious and traditional, and um, I guess we believe in a heaven. And um, I mean, in my head, it's like you know, we obviously don't get to keep our bodies, but there is something that has to you know go above and beyond, and hopefully reconnect with people we've missed for so long, like surely there's a surely there's a nice ending life's pretty hard and at the end for some people you would hope that there was like some some nice light like as they as they say at the end but I don't know it scares me so much I try not to I try not to think about it too much um as much as I like I'm not a, a big fan of you know it's not like I'm I don't know how to say this like I'm not overly scared. I, I I I don't like the thought of it. But if I if I'm not like thinking, God, I just don't want to die. If if I have to, if I'm if I go, I truly believe I'm meant to go at that time. Like I I truly, and I know we kick and scream when th- horrible things happen, and some horrible things really do happen. Like man, I've listened to some crime, crime podcasts. Jeez, but there's got to be a plan there's god's plan there has to be like you know <clears throat> i'm a believer in that uh you, you talked about life being hard you know really this show is in some ways about that question by the way there's some kookaburras going absolutely bonkers in the background it's almost like god literally laughing at our conversation as we yeah, try yeah, to yeah. understand to the meaning of life yeah exactly yeah, listen to them trying yeah. to work it out i'm going to send some kookaburras to mock them in the background but life is hard what what do you find hardest about life and look and, and by the way i'll preface this by saying <clears throat> When I ask this question, all the proviso is that there are all sorts of people in worse circumstances. There are so many people for whom life is incredibly difficult. And I'm just asking you, like, what is it Mm. about life that you find hard? Um, Yeah. Okay. So me personally, um, I think it's, I think it's just trying to balance everything. I think, I think. It can really be exhausting um, sometimes. Um, 
And now you've got in my head that, yeah, people really do have it worse. Um, well, that's the proviso. We always understand that everybody, like, I mean, that, that people have absolutely, of course, have it worse. And, and that is not to diminish yeah. the idea that people have it worse. But I think it's also a really powerful idea that sometimes I think we live in this world where we deny what it is that we find hard about life because I we want to appear like you know that our life isn't you know sometimes it's the Instagram thing you know we want to appear that our life is perfect or we think that everybody else's life is perfect and we don't want to admit that we find things hard but also there's the opposite which is the people have it worse than me so who am I to complain you know my life compared to most other people's lives is absolutely fantastic I think all of those things are absolutely 100% true but I don't think it does anybody mm. any favors if you if you present your life as being perfect no. or without difficulty or are there are things that you don't yeah, find exactly. hard. Cause that's not real. I mean, I, I'm a realist like that as well. Like I'm like, and, and, and that's been, um, the demise of some relationships and, and working relationships even for me is that I'm like, Hey, I'm cool to high five and celebrate things when we really, when we do well, but I want to talk about the lows too. What, what's, what happened with that or why you know there's there's some shitty times as well which you know people do find it hard to to accept but there there are and i'm 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 here for those combos like i'm not you know i, I want to know um i want to be able to talk about everything with people um and i'm around or i have been around some very positive people which is great and i've definitely changed my tune over the last couple of years i've tried to look you know be a glass half full kind of girl and um because I think I've spent too many years being like you know half empty but it's yeah I'm also down for like let's let's keep it real like let's you know it's not all it's not all champagne and plaques it's like there's some there's some bad stuff so hit me with it um but then also what I think like what you were saying before it's hard for some musicians because um because of that whole idea of yeah there's people that um are battling really hard whether it's health financially um just everything like the whole world's against them and then we're here going oh look it's we're going through a bad time and it's like but then also because of that stigma we don't really get to talk about it like even when I try and unload or I look like I'm about to someone in whether it's in my friend group or whatever be like oh you but yeah but you're i mean you're fine <laughs> oh no you'll 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 be fine though it's like yeah okay and then you just that's it <laughs> it's like it really shuts down the conversation to even begin um when you look like you have such a big life and such a happy successful life you know with more money more problems and that is a legit thing and it's like more success is gonna be some slopes it's just how life is you know and I think about that when I see someone else doing really well I'm like look they get the same shitty slopes that I get and I get the same highs that they get and I know it's you know you can't compare everything but we all just go through our ups and downs and that's you know that's how I sort of get through it. Uh, how do you feel about the idea? And hopefully this never happens, but you know, it's just the nature of what we do. I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, which was that, you know, if things have been good for you, there is a possibility that things won't always be as good as they initially were, right? Um, how are you with the idea that at some stage, you know, all this wonderful life that you have right now might, you know, 
go away or become smaller than it is. Maybe not just go, maybe not go away, but gradually become, you know, like from the peak that it's at, you know, now it might get smaller rather than bigger. Uh, How are you with that idea? Oh, well, I'm like, I mean, when I say I'm a realist, I I really am. I I think because I I used to work at a football club. So I used to see players get tapped on the shoulder like, yep, you're not on the field today you're down at burly bears or you're getting dropped or you're whatever so and i feel like that every day like i'm man i'm like i'm a female in my early 30s in a pop music world i'm waiting every day for someone to tap me on the shoulder it's a constant fear that i'm living in um which i actually haven't said that out loud ever so uh yeah have fun with that but um it's just of course it's so it, i mean it doesn't matter it's just it, it, of course it's 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 one of those things that but i'm i'm i don't know i'm i'm also not it, i say it's a fear but um it, i'm pretty well prepared like i think the main thing i've really focused on is to make sure that i've put music out that i'm proud of and i love it and i'll do it um for as long as i want and as long as i'm internally happy in my existence and in my home life and in my my you know close circles that's what I've put a lot of effort into um and it honestly doesn't bother me anywhere near as much as it used I guess at the start it was always like this is too good to be true um you know it's someone's going to take this away or I probably only have limited time and what I've learned is as long as you just keep putting out good music and you're a good person and I guess believable and uh, relatable it doesn't really all that other shit that I used to really fester on doesn't really matter um but it but that's definitely that's been a struggle you, you mentioned imposter syndrome earlier you know and and that can often come with you know immediate success you know suddenly you're just like oh well I'm not used to this I shouldn't be here somebody's made a serious mistake you know at, at any moment somebody's gonna come in and say oh no hang on sorry sorry no no are you Amy Shark oh no sorry no no no, no. Yeah. we were looking yeah, for yeah, Annie yeah. Shark completely different person this has been an yeah. admin fuck up Go I'm so sorry work. we're gonna have to take all this away <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, sorry yeah, yeah we've got your work uh they're they're willing to take you back (laughs) oh don't um but was there a moment like or are you in that moment now i hope you are where this is fun yeah you know is this enjoyable to you at the moment is this where you're at in your career at the moment where the success now has been around for long enough that it feels real but it's not over you're in it does it feel fun do you feel like you're in it yeah it's super fun I mean you know like there's everyday things that come in and out but I'm definitely I'm I'm a way more confident artist I, I really um I really do believe that I'm meant to be here now and it's taken me a while, but um, I'm excited every day. I'm excited about new music. I'm excited about, um, you know, the people I meet and work with and it is fun. I mean, anytime I feel super stressed or really overworked or I've just spent a lot of time working on something or just had a massive day promo, I think this is like, this is fun this actually is fun and even this morning we had some live thing that I had to do and I could see my team stressing out that the um the internet connection failed or something the YouTube dropped out and it was just really cool to just be like hey guys it's cool like don't worry about it we're in like a different world anyway what's the worst like people like people just jump back online like it doesn't matter but you know we let these things and I'm really 
I, I've tried to bring that attitude more and more, you know, after – I guess this – going through what the world has gone through has really made me, like, um, I guess care a lot more but also care a lot more about people's, like, mental health state and where – you know, there's things that people stress about that they really don't need to stress about. Not with me anyway. And it's, it, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's been a working progress. I haven't always been this chill, but, um, I just never, I, I always want to be a good experience for someone. I know that sounds bad, but I don't want anyone to leave my presence thinking I'm, you know, hard work or a shit person or, you know, so I just really want that to offer that. Okay, so these are two sides of the same coin. Um, I'm always interested in which of these two people find hardest to answer, but um, who are you at your best and who are you at your worst? Oh, I'm literally the devil (laughs) at my worst. (laughs) Literally. literally. I am Damien Omen. Um, No, I like... um, Who am I? Oh, man. Like, um, my poor partner sees the worst but um i mean everyone has them i feel so bad saying this but it's like you know no one's a saint um but i you know what i've been it doesn't last as long as what it used to i used to just not i used to be able to hold a grudge like you have no idea like really hold a grudge um for weeks and i don't know i just um i can get I can get frustrated. Um, I can also, I also have the ability of letting that out in songs and, um, you know, I, I, I kind of, sometimes I have the ability to shelf that anger or that um, mm-hmm. frustration or, or even jealousy or comparison or whatever, shelf it for when I can be at home alone and write about it. I almost get excited about that, which sounds twisted. <laughs> like, oh, yes, I'm going to unload tonight. Um, but, yeah, I, can, I you know, I've, I can be impatient and um, expect a lot. And um, But then I can be a really incredible human being. No, I'm joking. I've, well, no, know. but see, but this is it. It's interesting that you found it so easy to tell me who you are at your worst and then made a joke about the fact that you were, you know, who you are at your best. And if you answer one honestly, you've got to answer the other honestly. And I feel like you answered who you are at your worst pretty honestly. So tell me who you are at your best honestly. At my best, uh, I can be very, um, I mean, I, ca- I care a lot. Um I put a lot of effort into people who I don't even want much back really. Um, I just want to make people laugh when I can. Um, and if I can, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I'm, I got a bit of my Nen in me where if someone's cold, I'll do anything I can to make you warm. And if someone's hungry, I'll do anything <laughs> I can to feed you. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's that, um, I don't know, nurturing sort of bone in my body um what's the quality that you most admire in somebody else that you wish you had yourself oh my nan man she just can see the best in anybody like and and if she can't she won't say anything she doesn't entertain the conversation she she'll she'll look at me and you know say we're totally slagging a family member and i'm just like oh man auntie whatever or or uncle something (laughs) man you know she'll be like amy I know, I know, it's okay. And she won't, she won't give me anything. Um, 
you know, and I just think you're such a grounded, lovely human being. Like you just are such a beautiful woman and always just thinking the best and worrying about everyone and wanting to help everyone, you know. What's So this sounds counterintuitive to what you've just told me but yeah let's say that everybody in the world doesn't have the patience and kindness of your nan what quality is it in other well maybe good quality is the wrong word but what aspect of someone else's personality is most likely to you know get you offside what you know what quality in somebody else is the sort of thing that you would react to and go i don't like that person or i don't like that aspect of that person um oh god there's so many people that i meet um that I've met through this world of music that I'm like, oh, I just don't like you. Um, <laughs> and that? we'll list them in a bonus episode yeah, on the Patreon page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so many people misunderstood, you know. I, I know this is not answering your question, but sometimes I, sometimes I honestly have spent time with people that I think I'm not – I'm not connecting with you. I'm not your person, you know. And then then there'll be another interaction I'll have with them and be like, no, I got you all wrong. Like I had you, I completely misunderstood you. Um, but I guess like traits, oh, like, you know, I, I don't really like um, – I, I, I don't like just – digging on someone i think if someone's just absolutely ripping someone's someone apart these days i'm just like i just don't even have time for that like um you know and also just super negative um people like really negative and and i definitely had so much of that in me and maybe that's why i i get triggered by it now because i know i'm not being that person anymore i'm like i'm gonna try and be a lot more positive we don't need to like you know um, so negative people, I'm like, you know, just a bit of a bummer. Um, okay, so that journey from negativity to positivity. Now, externally, people will just go, well, it's very easy for you to be positive now. Things are yeah, going exactly. great. Before, things weren't going very well. You were negative. Now, things are going great. You're positive. Like, Trust that, me, I can still that be is negative. Compl- <laughs> <laughs> that is the complete and utter explanation for everything that's happened. But we all know that it's often much more complex than that. But success is an interesting one to me because often I think that success takes you one of two ways. I've seen success ruin people and I've seen success people actually grow into who they should be because of success the success not that the success the success itself but there was something in them the negativity or whatever came from the idea that they weren't and then as soon as the success came they could just relax into being the person that they always really should have been regardless of the success what was your journey do you fit into any of those categories is it a bit of you know some of those and some things i haven't mentioned yeah. how, how did the negativity turn into positivity oh 100 i think that's my whole that was my whole light bulb moment um was years of um letting people tell me what I should be doing, what I should be wearing, um, how I should write music, who I should write with, who I should let write my songs for me, um, to the point where when I started writing my best was when I had actually given, like when I was like, I don't care anymore. When I didn't care anymore, the best stuff came out. Um, You know, like 
when I finally thought, oh, look, I have followed these people's advice. They've all led me down a shit path. No one's actually been legit. I guess that's why I was so the way I was when I got into the actual industry because I didn't trust anyone because I'd trusted so many people to that give me their card and they promise you the world and you're like, oh my God. And I'd been that idiot for so long and I'm like, I'm not going to be that idiot anymore. I'm like watching everything. I'm like, you know, I'm, this is my business and I, I finally, you know, I'm getting somewhere and I'm not believing any shit anymore. Um, but when I, you know, when I just, just, just wrote music because I, um, I wanted to and, um, and I wasn't all, I don't know. I just, I wasn't trying. I wasn't like, for me, I wasn't like, can we can we try and call this person or can we it's like I'd just given up I was like oh like it's okay and I was actually I was actually okay with it I was fine I was um you know I, I wasn't stressed out like I had been I was just writing songs because I liked it um you know because yeah for so long it was just like I'm writing and writing and writing and sending them to people and getting angry when I didn't hear back and 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 getting and just being so down and bummed out that I didn't e- I can't even get on a shitty Narang festival lineup you know on the Gold Coast like how do I not get on that like how am I not good enough to do that it was so it just happened so often you know um and then yeah do you have any of those julia morris uh, julia morris julia roberts uh, pretty woman oh, moments where you and, and look, just went back by those it's, places it's where cliche. you were just like big mistake guys <laughs> cliche but it's so true it's like and that's why i was a little bit psycho is because it's like hang on a minute none of you's cared like none of yep. you's cared <laughs> it's hard to then be Oh yeah, you want? Oh yeah, cool, cool. You know, I'm not that type of person. I like, you know, I could still hold a grudge, and I'm like, this is shit. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, fuck you, mate. I remember. Yeah, I remember. I remember the like, rain. Yeah, I might be nice to you because, like, I have to be, but I remember, man. <laughs> um, you talk about all the bad advice you got. Um, is there a great piece of advice you've got in your life that you could share with us? What's your favorite piece of advice anyone's ever given you? Um, oh, yeah. So, oh, who was it? it was someone in the industry still. I'm, I think I want to say like his – I think it was Andrew Stone because he was one back in the day that Shane would send stuff to. And I think he said um, like, don't worry, they'll come to you. Like when you have something, they'll come to you. Like who goes looking – like I mean I know – there was probably a time where you, you you might jag someone's attention at the right time, but all in all, you know, that whole idea of just, you know, if you've got something worth something, they will come to you. And the day that it happened, it was like, it all clicked. I was like, oh my God, this is what he means. Like, this is, this is exactly what he means. It's like, I just put a song on, on um, a website on Triple J Unearthed. And then it just it just it just went crazy. It's like every phone just went mental. Emails were just going crazy of all these people that I've ever hoped to speak to were just dying to to talk. And um, so yeah, I think um, and and I say that to people I'm like, look, just the world has all these amazing platforms now, and I know it's competitive because there are a lot more people using them. But I do think that if you put something magic into the universe, there is a way for it to be found. It really does get found because it's just, you know, it just, it just has a way of, of, you know, 
getting getting through, cutting through. So, I, I have a little. Uh, it's you know, I can actually show it to you because I'm in the right spot. So it's a little, uh, just a little silver kind of thing that I have on my desk, and it, it says it, uh, it's as close as I get to having a you know inspirational quote on the wall. It's my version of you know your crocheted cushion that tells you to, <laughs> or the little cat hanging from the window yeah. that says "hang in there." And it says, what would you attempt if you knew you could not fail? And so for me, that's just to remind myself that I shouldn't be sitting around going, this will be successful or this will get people in the door or I won't try that because it's not a thing that people you know, might like. I was just like, what would you actually do if you were guaranteed that it would be successful? So I'm going to ask you the question, Amy Shark. What would you attempt to do if you knew that success was guaranteed, that you could not fail. I can't say fly, right? Like I can jump off a house and stuff. You can flying. say whatever you I would like to say. Fly. A lot of people do say fly, yeah. so that's fine. <laughs> you can say fly if you like. um, What would I do if I was destined not to fail? Um, God, what would you do? I mean, it's my podcast, Amy, and when you have your when you have your own, when you have your own uh, podcast, okay, okay, you can right. get me on as a guest, and I'll answer uh, your right, questions. But that's not how this works here today. If I couldn't fail, I'd start a really successful podcast. I'd just be, oh, I'd yeah, be a rival yeah, I'd be a rival to <laughs> Shark Officer. No, I actually, I, I don't know. What would I do? I mean, maybe, maybe acting. I mean, yeah, that's right. pretty hectic. Like, I, you know. Is it still something that you would like to do? Like if there's, you know, is there so, is there a future in which, yeah, we might see you doing some acting? I hope so. Like I, I'm definitely, yeah, like I, I, it just, you know what? I hit a stage and it was, it was kind of, um, when I look back on it, it's, it's a little, it's, it is clever because I was like, okay, like I, I love playing guitar and this is like, a, you know, the, 19 year old me I love playing guitar and I love acting but if I'm around people I can't just say hey watch me act but I can say hey listen to this song and I can just do it straight away and that kind of stuck with me um for a while and and it wasn't I mean that wasn't the reason I kept I went harder with music but um it, it was definitely something I thought about often and but but acting never really left I just haven't really exercised the muscle heaps but um it is true though your observation i always think there's about actors and like as a stand-up i obviously yeah have that same thought which is that i can just create my own work i can go and do you know like stand up you know all over the place it, you know it, but if you're around a campfire it's hard for an actor to go well she's sung a song now i'm going to do some of my yeah. acting everybody just sit around watch me do lady Macbeth. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Taming of the shrew, starting now. <laughs> okay, we're nearly done. Uh, let's do the plugs. Um, you, you've got new music. Um, let's plug your new music. Um, tell me um, what people need to know. What they need to know is my yep. sophomore album, Cry Forever, comes out April 30. Um, there is a tour starting in June that you know it looks like it's going to go ahead which is exciting um you know everything's so talk to me about that briefly because obviously last year you know i mean all people who you know do live performance had their world put on hold where, where were you in your 
were you at a point where you weren't planning to do a lot of live shows anyway? Was it all about putting together a new album and not being out on the road? Or has your timeline been shifted by, you know, coronavirus and what happened in the world? Yeah, it got pretty messed up. Um, like, you know, we had all hopes and dreams uh, for 2021. I guess it was going to be my year of getting back to the States. I was going <laughs> to have the whole year over there. Um, I right. have a, a whole new team over there that I was going to spend some time with. But, um, you know, that so that couldn't happen. Songs got pushed back. The album got pushed back. I've been sitting with this album for so long. Like, I started recording it in, I think, March 2019. So, um and I had all the songs already to go. And um, I happened to write a couple of, of new ones um, to, throughout 2019. Um, but, but yeah, I, I had the album sort of ready to go by the end of that year. So 2020 was supposed to be my 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 year, <laughs> but that's okay. And, w- and was there anything on the album? Was there any songs, anything that, I mean, as a stand-up, it's a very different thing, but there was so many, much of my material from 2019, even from early in 2020, <laughs> you know, my bushfire stuff, that just suddenly didn't Went really down feel... down like a lead balloon. <laughs> it, just didn't feel yeah, relevant exactly. anymore. It didn't feel like something that people are interested in because the world had changed. Yeah, For the first time in our lifetime, we had lived through something so significant mm. that if you were talking about something topical, for example, as you know, like the bushfires, people were like, well, why aren't you talking about the big C in the room, you know, as opposed to this other yeah. thing? Is there anything, I mean, obviously you're not doing, you know, songs about, you know, <laughs> the bushfires or, you know, what's in the news, but was there anything that was on the album, any songs, any perspectives you had <laughs> on the world that were changed by the world changing? Um, yeah. I, um, I mean, not not too much but it was more dates that were changing you know like um just yeah get it, things getting um pushed back and and then it wasn't until you know my song was due to be released the day that the whole black lives matter movement was happening and um i guess i mean it didn't take long for me t- to just and i think a lot of artists to sit back and go the world is actually so sick right now and my releases and my my music career seemed so small compared to these massive issues um that the world was purging at the moment at that time so um it didn't i don't know it, it i think as as bad as it was is absolutely horrendous and will scar a lot of people for a long time but it it kind of really woke so many people up out of you know their deep slumber and i mean i i, I just yeah like just remember that day thinking there are so many more bigger things that are important right now um a song can wait <laughs> you know so my song's going to be there um until until then it just needs to be on the back burner but yeah everyone had to pivot i had to pivot uh there was yeah like i said it just wasn't even worth crying about it was you know we've seen we've seen some pretty dark times so so yeah okay so you're going to tour well the hope is that everything's going to be good for you to be able to go out and about and actually play shows in i know and i feel like you know what i feel like i actually am not doing myself any favors because i keep saying yeah i think it's going ahead because what can you say what can you do like i mean yeah like yeah we've we've sold a lot of tickets i hope like hell that this tour goes ahead um, but the way that it's so, 
it's just I don't know. You don't know. We've well, we've got to act as if it is yeah, until it exactly. isn't. This That's is all we can possibly do. I mean, on the day we're having this conversation, literally two minutes before we started, they announced that they'd cancelled the Byron Bay Blues Festival, yeah. and literally minutes before we started having this conversation, yeah. you know, fifty thousand people going to a you know a festival, yeah. you know, first all Australian lineup, you know, an incredible weekend for that area in that part of the world. But things change very quickly mm, at the moment. Yeah. But that said, buy tickets to Amy. Please, in them. the same way as you should be buying <laughs> tickets to my stand-up comedy shows um, and if they get cancelled we'll do them yeah, again exactly. another time yeah, they will full happen. refunds available it's, it's okay guys don't I mean would you don't buy not one book tickets <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard to convince people isn't but it but like you know you've the, just got to you've just got to like you know you've just got to get through it don't you yeah. Um, uh, final question, Amy. Uh, so this is a bit of a standard. Uh, I have a time machine for legal reasons. I'm required to point out that I do not have a time machine. Oh this God. is a purely theoretical time machine, a hypothetical time machine. You have one ret- return trip on a time machine. You can go forward into the future. You can go back into the past. You can interact with yourself. You can watch yourself. You can not visit yourself in any way. You can ignore that. You can give yourself some advice. You can change an aspect of your life. I don't really mind what you do with the time machine it is all up to you but it is a return trip i need my hypothetical time machine back at the end that is all i require of you where would you like to go oh where would i like to go i mean there's so many places that you've asked me so you've asked me so many questions that my brain is just freaking out like oh where do i what what do i actually what do i want to do you know what and i know this sounds really weird but um i think i'd like to go back and see my nan as like a little girl in tewksbury abbey Uh like um yeah i think that would be cool like she's told me so many stories that seem just so pleasant and not like the world we're in today you know like we're always talking about she's always just shaking her head about the world like you know just so bummed about like she's 93 she's probably like (laughs) you guys you're wild like you know you miss out on some of the best times and honestly I, I reckon we did like I reckon it was would have been so nice to just ride your bike and I don't know pick freaking flowers or whatever she did <laughs> like you know just wholesome <laughs> stuff just just yeah. like one trip to go and be super wholesome without any of the toxic stuff that we have in our lives right now I think that'd be pretty cool Amy, this has been a pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate that you took the time. I know you're super busy and it's been um, a really great chat. I hope that you've enjoyed it. I've certainly enjoyed it. So thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you. I've really, really enjoyed it. It's been a great chat. 